Good morning. I hope everybody's doing well on this fabulous and wonderful Thursday morning. I'm sure everybody is just so excited for another wonderful day that you hit the ground just excited and just running with joy that you get to work another day or you may be off today. I don't know. Of course, you may be off every day and I mean that uh, mentally. <laughs> so but anyway, uh, I know that I am uh, uh, unfortunately a morning person and uh, throughout my life I've had many uh, people throughout school and work to look at me and say, with all sincerity, somebody should kill you. <laughs> so, can't help it, just the way, yeah, but see, I'm jazzed up in the mornings, but then come about mid-afternoon, and I'm dragging and uh, ready for a nap, and uh, if I can sneak off and take one, I usually do. <laughs> so, but anyway, let's see what we got watching this morning. Let's see, we got Darlene Barker, Sandy Gwynn, Karen Smith, Michelle Fox Harris, the myth, the legend that is Miss Mousy. Tracy Little, uh, Brandy Boyd Young, Miss Amy Oaks Turner, Donna Taylor, Jennifer Honeycutt, Kelly Jeanette Swift, Miss Kim Stevens Hensley, Terry Hutchison, and Donna Taylor said good morning. So good morning to everybody this morning on this wonderful morning because it is morning. All right, <laughs> let's see here. All right, let's go ahead and do our morning pledge of allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands, one Savior, crucified, risen, and coming again with life and liberty to all who believe. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. All righty. Praise the Lord for that wonderful pledges this morning. Hello, Anita Tester and Mike Hensley. Appreciate you wonderful folks for tuning in and joining me this morning as well. But, uh, yeah, praise God that we get to have these wonderful pledges and uh, the freedom to do so. And uh, praise God that uh, we live in the greatest country in the world despite its problems, despite the lunatics who have escaped the insane asylum, who are trying to uh, push every uh, type of craziness out there. I mean, it's just, I tell you guys, I feel like I've... Uh, woke up in an alternate universe. It's just like things are going on. I just thought I would never, ever, ever, ever see in my lifetime uh, the 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 wanting destruction uh, of capitalism, the wanting destruction of freedom, and the push for socialism and communistic views, and uh, not just those in office, but uh, this these these college age kids who uh, have been so brainwashed and thinks that's the way to go it's just uh, it's scary uh, it really is it uh, and it's just it, what's so bad is it's so hard uh, to witness to these younger people it really is i've never seen nothing like it in my life and i may sound like a broken record i probably repeat myself a lot and and, and different uh, uh, illustrations and things that i've used but and i'm sorry if i do but I just remember distinctly, you know, of course, uh, you know, we had, there's different uh, stages throughout our history, you know, as the Great Awakening, uh, where just revival and, and, and people just come to know Jesus Christ like never before. And uh, they considered uh, the 70s kind of another type of Great Awakening where people really turn into the Lord. You know, you had a lot of uh, baby boomers and such who, uh, uh, who maybe got out and done the 
the 60s uh, uh, love and sex and freedom or whatever it is and drugs and and that horrible rock and roll <laughs> but uh, but then they they realized that was a dead end path and really started turning life over to the lord but when my dad first started out and uh he was uh teaching uh, youth and, and uh, before he went to full-time ministry and i and where are you going he's in full-time ministry he went to a lot of youth camps and such and spoke and i remember going you know this when i think about camps i remember went to camp plaza down here in blondville and different other camps up in north carolina they all had that distinct smell it'll stink around there but they all have this distinct smell i don't know if you know what i'm talking about or not but anyway uh but these they all, these these teenagers i remember watching them man they were just so excited uh, to hear about Jesus Christ. They were eager to learn. Uh, you could see the emotion in their face uh, when uh, different stories were, were, were spoke about and they had their Bibles and they wanted to talk about the Lord and you could just see them gathering together and laughing and uh, and it's just the, it's like the polar opposite now. It's just like their, their hearts are as hard as rocks. They want nothing to do with Jesus Christ. And it just, and, you know, and it's, it should be no shock uh, when you see people like Marilyn Manson up there uh, ripping the Bible up on stage and, and thinks it's funny. Um, you have in, in prison, you have people taking pages of the Bible and using them to smoke their dope in. Uh, you, you know, you have uh, not only that, but uh, uh, the, whether it's uh, the music or uh, just the whole general thinking process is completely polar different, uh, even from when I was a kid. Uh, you know, working with people uh, of, that are a lot younger than me, I, you can't, or even with my kids, you, I can't really talk to them like my dad well, talks to me now. <laughs> And, uh, it's just it's just a whole different mindset, you know. Um, there was a lot of times we'd have somebody on staff, and I'd tell somebody to go do something, and uh, well, the orders come down from above. I wasn't just barking orders to somebody. I was told to, you know, get my point. I want you to think I was, I was being mean to a coworker, but uh, they say, "Hey, I need you to go do X, Y, and Z," and they say, "They just look at me I'm like, well, you need to go take care of this." And it's like they didn't understand. And I say, okay, you have to, you know, literally, I have to go step by step by step by step to order for them to comprehend. And I don't know if they were stupid. It's just you had to explain every little step so they know what to do. And I finally got to the point where I got sick of having to explain every little detail. I just wouldn't have just done it myself. And Dad would come down on me. I told so-and-so, why are you doing it? I said, by the time I explain it, I can just go get it and have it done, you know. So it's just a whole weird thing, man. It's just so hard to to penetrate uh, into these kids uh, to explain to them that they need a Savior, that they need Jesus Christ, whether it's teens, young adults, uh, middle age. It's just people. Just It's just the God of this world has just really blinded um, these individuals, and they just don't uh, want nothing to do uh, with Jesus Christ. And it's a sad thing. Uh, that they what they are missing out on. See, they, they think the world is offering them uh, the peace. They think they, uh, the world is offering them uh, what they're looking for in lack of love. And it just, and they don't realize, see, that's why the, the depression is so high. That's why suicide rate, rates are so high. That's why teen pregnancies are so high because they're searching for the love, the attention, and the things that Christ can give them, but they're trying to find it in the things of the world the things of drugs and things of alcohol that's why because they are searching for the very thing that we have but they don't understand it they don't see it what christ has to offer that brings us to our verse this morning in romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10 
that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And what a beautiful passage of scripture this morning that we get to uh, get to read and ponder on uh, this morning. Uh, when I was uh, studying a little bit uh, in before our devotion, I was reading a little illustration, uh, and I, I don't know if this is a hypothetical, if this was real life, I'm sure this may have really happened, I don't know. But it talked about a gentleman that uh, he was in uh, sales, and uh, right before he left to go on a long trip uh, for to meet with a client, uh, that his wife served him divorce papers. When he gets to his destination, uh, the individuals to meet with decided they didn't want to uh, buy what he was offering there in, the, in his company. And uh, he was uh, in a hotel room, and uh, he opened up a drawer and saw a Gideon Bible and began to read in the book of John. And uh, it, uh, he understood what it was trying to say and convey, and he gave his life over to Jesus Christ. And so as he went to bed and closed his eyes, he had a massive heart attack and died. But he went to bed knowing that he gave his life to Jesus Christ. And all those stress and worries and problems seemed to melt away as he laid down in that bed. And I thought, what a very interesting uh, illustration and story that is, like whether it's true or not, that here this man had all these problems and worries and concerns and all that went away because when he gave his life to Jesus Christ. Now, I ain't saying that once you come to know Jesus Christ that you are worry-free and you have no more problems whatsoever. Usually it's quite the opposite. Uh, when you give your life over to Jesus Christ, that's when the old devil wants to nail you hard and wants to take you to the mat and wants to beat you cross-eyed because before you wasn't a threat. But when you gave your life over to Jesus Christ, that's when you become a threat and that's when he wants to attack. I've seen it, I don't know how many times. Somebody comes to church, gives their life over to Jesus Christ, they get baptized. Next thing you know, they're having death in their family. I mean, one after another. Uh, I'm thinking a couple right now lose their jobs, wife leaves them, or husband leaves them. I mean, it's crazy. Dude. You feel sorry for them. You know, you really do. Your heart breaks for them uh, because the devil goes on an all-out assault uh, when somebody gives their life over to Jesus Christ. And they, they, they look at you like, well, you know, I'm trying to go to church, I'm trying to do the right thing, but see, the thing is, just because you give your life to Jesus doesn't automatically, I think some people have this misperception that once you give your life to Christ, it's going to be an easy road and no more problems, but that's not how it works. And that's why I wish that we had the ability to incorporate a discipleship program so that when somebody comes to Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior, that they could have sort of a mentor, somebody kind of, that they could, like a deacon or an elder, they could call and talk to and, and guide them in their uh, uh, Christian walk as, as baby Christians. But um, uh, and I, when they was in uh, Baltimore, uh, the church went up there, they did that. And I thought that was just incredible uh, that they would pair them up with individuals that kind of help and guide them. They, all these baby Christians need that because it can be tough and it can be confusing. But see, that's just it. You know, all these individuals who are dead in their trespasses and sins, they don't even realize it. They don't know that they're dead. You know, it kind of makes you think of the the walking dead. If you ever watch that show, here they, they are mindless zombies just walking around. Then again, if you think about a uh, liberal, that's, that's pretty much what they are. They're dead from the neck up. But anyway, <laughs> there's people in this world that they, they are dead and don't even know it. 
They're drowning in water and don't even realize it. And Jesus Christ is the lifeline. He is the only one that can give them life. He's the only one that can pull us out of our, our, our vile sinfulness and restore us uh, as he wants us to be. And, you know, so it, it's so hard to, to drive that home. But once they understand what Jesus Christ done on the cross for them, that he died for them. He died for us. He rose from the grave for us because he loved us. See, when you come to know Jesus Christ, Lord Savior, it's not some intellectual uh, uh, knowledge or understanding of salvation. It truly penetrates and pierces the heart. And so that you, it, it's just, it's unbelievable. You know, it's hard to describe maybe sometimes to those that um, don't really understand. But I like this little paragraph here. True saving faith is a matter of the heart or inner person. It's not just a matter of intellectual assent. Although we must believe the facts of the gospel as God revealed them in his word, these facts include that we have sinned and thus stand guilty before God. He sent Jesus, his eternal son, to take on human flesh and die as our substitute on the cross. God raised Jesus bodily from the dead, thus showing that he accepted Jesus' death as a satisfactory offering. Since Lord's use... I'm sorry, since Lord, since, can't read today, since Lord is used hundreds of times in the Old Testament to refer to God, confessing Jesus as Lord means believing that he is the sovereign God. You must understand and believe this content of the gospel in order to be saved. You know, so what's bad is you have all these, these, these people in the world, young people, uh, that don't say, well, there's many gods. How do we know which is the right one? Well, they all can't be the same. They all can't be equal. There has to be one main God, and that all the other gods are false. There's only one God. That is the God of the Bible. And, uh, and then uh, you, you have people out there that want to say, "Well, uh, I want to take from Hindu. I want to take from Buddhism. I'll take from Christianity, and I'll just have my own form of belief." But that's wrong. See, that, that goes back to this this erroneous stupidity that's being pushed that everything must be inclusive. You know, it's insane. Why don't you just treat everybody with respect? You shouldn't be forced to have uh, someone of color. You shouldn't be forced to have uh, uh, someone who identifies as a sexual whatever. You know, treat people with kindness, and you know what? It, it shouldn't matter. But they push all this garbage of inclusive. But the thing it is, as I've said many times before, Jesus Christ is exclusive because he is the only way to heaven. Your good worship of filthy rags. But see, that's the problem with so many churches and so many people's thinking process today. They think the only they think that if they're good, they do good things, that they they are generous and they are good to the poor, they uh, you know, whatever it may be, that's gonna get them entrance into heaven. And it's sad that even the Pope has, has generated that kind of thinking. Because I've watched it where he, he told a little boy that if his dad was good, he'd be in heaven. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, I just, it's, it's the wrong thing to, to, to say. But then, again, I have problems with this Pope anyway. He's, I think he's evil. He's done push a lot of stuff that I think is just ungodly. But anyway, uh, you know, but the, that is the mindset of so many. And that's why it's so scary that statistically three-fourths of a church congregation is not saved. Just because your, your granddaddy, your daddy went to that church doesn't make you saved. You're not saved through osmosis. You're not saved just because you're sitting in a pew. Glad you're there. You need to be there. Maybe something will sink in. And, uh, you know, I always think about 
Uh, my dad's very first revival, uh, and uh, very first time he's asked to speak, rather, as my first revival to the same church, but the very first time he's asked to speak. And uh, the deacon's wife come forward, and uh, dad thought she was going to tell him something. She said, I want to get saved. So you don't take it for granted just because somebody goes to church that they're a deacon or an elder or, uh, or uh, pray that, you know, if we've appointed somebody as a deacon or an elder, they are saved because we, you know, that's one thing we make sure of. But you don't take it for granted just because somebody, my point is that they go to church that they're automatically saved. But we need to understand, man, back at, you know, that if, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, let me bring this slide back up. I'm looking at the slide so that you can read along. Is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. All right? So don't forget that. Understand that. And you, and, you know, I may be preaching to the choir here, but there may be somebody out there watching or listening who have never confessed or says, never said to Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, and don't realize that they are headed straight to hell. See, everybody wants to sugarcoat everything. Everybody wants to say, hey, everything looks lovely and beautiful and wonderful. There are beautiful and wonderful and, and lovely things in the aspects of Christianity, Jesus Christ's love, the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we have to understand the uh, opposite side of that, that there is a very real hell. It is real. That is where you're going to spend eternity if you don't know Jesus Christ, your personal and Savior. There's no ifs or buts. There's no second chances. There's no purgatory. There's no way to pray your way out of that situation. You make your decision now to accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, or you don't. I mean, it's it's black and white. It's, it's the way it is. And you can spend, uh, hell is beyond any kind of torment you could possibly imagine. All right, that's why it's called hell. And uh, so that's what we have to understand. That, hey, I either accept Jesus Christ my Lord Savior, accept the free gift of salvation, accept what he's offering, accept eternal life, or I can spend all of eternity in hell. And uh, it, it, it just amazes me. People who want to deny that God exists, want to deny heaven and hell. But see, that's what Satan wants. That's what he's pushing. He's laughing. He, that's what he wants people to think. That, hey, there's no heaven, there's no hell. This is all there is. I like what I read the other day. He said, uh, uh, be my luck if there is reincarnation I'd come back as myself <laughs> you know that would, that would be bad but there's no reincarnation alright um, it, uh, uh, that's a baloney as well and uh, for those who are saved we have the faith and the confidence a lot of people out there scared to death of dying but one thing's for sure when we die we are immediately in the presence of Christ there's no we just don't go black and 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 we're just in, in a void of, of cold stillness and, and fear. No, man, you're immediately in the presence of Jesus. Immediately. Uh, so, you know, there's nothing to fear in regards to that. But for those who are saved, we need to make sure that we're making every effort. We make sure every second counts in leading somebody to Jesus Christ. To make sure that they know who Christ is. And to make sure that we're spreading the gospel every, every chance that we get. And that, uh, as, that we are truly applying God's word to our hearts and we are striving for the mind of Christ that we are growing we are learning we are on fire for the things of God and when we we make those changes we strive for that that in our actions attitude and words alone will be a great testimony witness because those around you will see that and they'll say what is what is with them what is that they have I want what they have and that's what we want to do when you walk around miserable and your head down and frowning and the world is coming to an end. Who wants a part of that, you know? Or you could be a crazy lunatic like me who gets up in the morning ready to tell jokes and, and torturing and tormenting my wife every second till she gets mad and screams at me and then I run off laughing. You know, you could be 
that annoying and but i don't recommend it because it's not good for your life but uh, you know but show jesus to an unbelieving world be that light in the world of darkness because you all know i mean it's like uh, where we live at now it is i mean pitch black dark I took my little dog out. Man, he about got away from it. I could already see him. But when you have that flashlight, it illuminates, and you can see. And, uh, man, we're in a world of darkness. Let's illuminate that darkness with the love of Christ and share that to all who are willing to listen. Let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thank you for this good word. And thank you for your grace and your mercy. Help us, Lord Jesus, not to just be... Uh, to to be doers of the word, Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord, to uh, pursue you. Help us to show a heart of change. Lord, be with this nation. Be with our young people. Lord, help them to turn to you like never before. Let them be convicted of sins. Let them realize that they are dying and drowning, that they need a Savior. Lord, if anyone watching or listening this morning that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, please be with all those who are watching and listening this morning, that you watch over, protect them, guide them as they're going in and out. Please be with our kids as they're going to school, work, or play. Watch over, protect them. Please put a holy hedge about them and bring them home safe. Lord, I pray that you be with all those who offered up prayer requests on social media and at the church. And Lord, you know their hearts, minds, and needs, and your will be done there. Lord, help us all to serve you well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, my friends, I hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day. And remember, live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Thanks for watching, and God bless.